0: Definitely before someone brings you in for an interview or decides to do business with you, they're going to research you a little bit more. And typically what's going to come up is your LinkedIn profile, your social media profiles. (laughs) So that's why you really want to make sure that they look great and say what you want people to know about you.
1: Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte.
2: Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. And today we have a special guest, Elizabeth Borelli from Next Career Coaching. Hi, Elizabeth.
0: Hi. I'm so happy to be here.
2: Perfect. We're happy to have you. So who are you and what do you do?
0: Thanks for asking. I'm a career coach, and I help people transition from either a job they're not happy with into a new job, or a lot of times I work with people who have been laid off or downsized, and they're looking for a new position. So whatever that is, I can help them find a new job. And I love to work with women, but I'm happy to work with everyone.
2: Wow, so LinkedIn isn't dead?
0: I don't think so. I use it pretty much every day. The way people use Facebook, normal people use Facebook. I use LinkedIn because I find it such a valuable tool for job seekers. Wow.
3: That's now, cool. LinkedIn was purchased by Microsoft, right? Yes. A while ago, it was a couple of years ago now, right? Uh-huh. And since then it kind of like they didn't really do much with it for a little while and then it kind of just started to take off again. They fix some of the serious spamming problems, the group spamming and stuff like that.
0: Right. They've Um, changed a lot of things. Yeah. Have
3: you noticed a lot more people using it now again than used to? Or is it still big for job seekers? It's always been or.
0: Yeah, I think a lot more people are using it for jobs and for B2B networking. Right. So if you want to connect with a decision maker at an organization, it's definitely a great tool for that. Right.
3: And that's always kind of the hardest thing to get in the door is. is everybody in person or on the phone, generally their job is to not let you have access to the decision maker.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is sometimes true, but I find for qualified candidates, they are always looking for qualified candidates. Right. So I think that gatekeeper function is because there's just such a huge volume of resumes coming in. It's impossible to weed through the good ones, pretty much. So there's a lot of systems in place to do that. And you really don't want to be in that you know, line of candidates. You want to work behind the scenes and, and go around the gatekeeper mm-hmm. and get directly to the decision maker. And LinkedIn can help you do that.
2: So how, basically how, right? I have a profile on LinkedIn. hmm it may or may not be up to date. Right. Roughly. Well, why don't we start with the profile then? Okay, so the profile. So if you have a profile on LinkedIn, how do you change it basically from a bad resume, me, right, to something that can actually attract business or attract an employer, right? Because- There's a lot going on there.
0: Definitely. Well, so I like to describe LinkedIn as kind of a flyer for your professional brand. So where your resume is a list of your skills and experience, and it's really formatted, and it has to be to go through all the electronic scanning software that's now in place in so many big and medium-sized organizations. So the resume is one format. And then LinkedIn, you want to have complement your resume, but it doesn't replace your resume. It's more like a flyer for you. You can have your picture. You can change your background image to reflect your values or your skill set or your profession. And you want to use your LinkedIn profile to speak to your skills and experience, your accomplishments. You can say so much more on LinkedIn than you can on your resume and so you want to use it to you know do that to complement your resume Mm. with all of those personal but still professionally focused things about you.
3: Now as somebody who's not looking for a job I went through and kind of did the reverse on my LinkedIn profile where I kind of took out most of the resume related information and replaced it with you know information about why someone would want to work with my company Absolutely. So you can kind of do it both ways, right?
0: Exactly. So you can
3: change it to be more, uh, I shouldn't say more like a resume, but more like a job seeker, right? Or more like you're looking for, you know, vendors or partners or customers, depending upon what your need is. But what you don't want is, like Jeremy said, for it to look like a bad resume, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. It shouldn't really look like a resume at all. Right. On your resume, the strategy I typically teach is that you want to open with a summary statement, which right. is a description of you, your skills. It tracks back to the job description or the the profession that you're looking for, the, the job you're looking for. And so you want to definitely... Be consistent with that, but LinkedIn should be in the first person. So if you have your resume and you have your summary statement that you've developed based on the job or career you're looking for, then you want to use that as a reference, but you don't want to exactly copy it. You want to make it more first person. Okay. You want to build on that because you have 2000 characters. So you really want to, in your about section, flesh that out with accomplishments, with skills, key, keyword based skills. Right, Um, technical skills. So whatever it is that is using the words
3: that the employers are using in the job. Exactly.
0: Exactly. That keyword matching strategy. So you want to do that and you want to let people know a little more about your personality. Right. Because your resume tells your experience story and your skill set story. But employers, And actually, anyone who is considering working with you also wants to know, what kind of a person are you? What kind of a fit you'll be for their culture? Will they want to work with you, whether it's as a business owner or uh, an employee? We want to work with people we know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And what can we learn from LinkedIn about you that will encourage us to know, like, and trust you? And one thing is not only what you say there, but who you're connected to.
3: Right. Culture fit is super important. I remember I went to work for like a boutique web development firm as a contractor, um, like 20 something years ago. But one of the questions that they asked was, do you like ninjas or pirates? Mm. And I had to basically gave them how to train a pirate as a ninja or a ninja as a pirate so that you could be both. And then I was in. And then wow. interview anybody else. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, it's always about culture fit, right? Absolutely. Just like, you know, Jeremy was a good culture fit for our company. And, you know, we knew that we could probably train him for most of the other technical skills that we needed, mm. which unfortunately hasn't worked. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> wow. Hello, bus driver. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding.
3: But yeah. So another fun fact. When I was in college, I used to write resumes on the side for money, for beer money. Mm. And that was one of the strategies I always use is put the little line at the top with a couple sentences of like objective, and then I would just copy all the big words out of the job postings. Yep. Sneak them in there.
0: Absolutely.
3: That was a
1: good way to do it. And now a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hookto.us slash hamster. That's hookt dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R.
2: Yeah. So
3: why don't we talk some more about... Once you've fixed up your profile. Right. Mm-hmm. So
2: you fixed it up, everything's working, but how then do you get it seen, right? Is it a pay to play thing? Do you just say, hey, here's a bunch of money, show my resume and LinkedIn to everybody? No. Or is it kind of, there, there has to be a strategy behind it, right?
0: Yeah, there, well, there is. It's not as direct as that though. So it's more about LinkedIn rewards people who fill out their profile hundred percent and has more connections. So you gain visibility based on the number of connections you have, but I believe, it's a very complicated algorithm so it's not an easy system to like oh if I you know post this and get five likes immediately, then all of a sudden it will jump to the top Mm. and everyone will see it. It's more about consistent posting and the number of connections you have. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. always the number of likes and engagement with
2: your posts. So do you want to be posting as a person on there and as well as a possible employer or an employer as well? Or how does that kind of work? Because I see those kind of as two separate users. It's going to be
3: different if so if you are a company you want to post as the company, Mm -hmm. what you should do is post on your company page and share it to your personal page. Yeah. But if you're trying to find employment, then you're not really going to have a company page to
2: post with. So what would you post if you were trying to find employment? You could share
0: articles. So you could go so far as to write articles, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of things you can do in the job search and that writing articles is time consuming for most people. They don't generally have like a list of articles they've already written. So that can trip people up and they feel like they're not going to make a lot of progress doing that. But it's really easy to sign up for Google alerts for companies on your watch list. And when you see those Google alerts about the companies you're targeting, which you should be targeting companies as part of your job search, then you'll want to share that information with your connections that you've established at that company. So it's really important, once you've targeted a company, you want to start connecting into that organization. Right. And then once you start building those connections, ultimately the goal is to connect with a decision maker, recruiter, a hiring manager, Mm -hmm. an HR person. And, but you know, while you're doing that process, you want to know as much as you can about the company, get those articles using Google alerts or wherever you get your news and share those with your contacts. So you're, you're positioning yourself as an expert. Google Alerts. Valuable information.
3: Google Alerts is a really smart idea. So the way a Google Alert works is, I believe it's just alerts.google.com? Yeah. Or I, you can just Google yeah. Google Alerts. It's so easy to find. You go news. to it, you have a Gmail account, yeah. right? Um, so whatever your Google account is, and you just type in the keyword or phrase that you're looking for, and then when that comes up in search, Google will email you what was searched, like what came up with that was indexed. So yeah. if it's, you're trying to get a job with, say, Intel in manufacturing, you could put a Google alert for Intel manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And then when an article or from a news article or, you know, a website or a press release or something comes up that's about Intel manufacturing,
2: Google will email you that article. Right. Then you can share it on LinkedIn. You can go as specific yep. as to different actors. And, like, you, you can whatever go pretty you want yeah. yeah. darn Google alert, on right? It, right? You can. Um, our
3: company has, I don't know, we've probably got... Thirty or forty Google alerts that we use for things related to our customers or mm-hmm. keyword search terms that come in for our customers. Yeah. Funny is that we have Hook SEO in the name of our company. So if Hook SEO is a Google
0: alert, uh-huh.
3: But there is a person on a soap opera in is it oh I can't remember where it is. It's where you went on vacation. Thailand. Thailand has a soap opera. And the person's name is C O, like S E O, is the person's <laughs> name? <laughs> that's so funny. So every time they hook up with someone, I get a Google alert. That's hilarious. In the hilarious. soap opera. Brilliant. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> you, you got to filter a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: Uh,
2: yeah, that's a really good strategy. Thailand though. TV is phenomenal. Yeah, it's excellent. It's almost so as content, good as Japanese TV. Content
3: mm. curation is what you're talking about, right? That's a fancy marketing word for it. Yeah. And a good place to find that is also a Medium. So you can oh, go okay. find articles on Medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, And you can share those. Mm -hmm. You can write your own articles on Medium, too, if that's something. If you're going to be a content writer, copywriter, anything like that, you better have articles that you've written. Oh, absolutely. For sure. But, you know, if you're in tech or
2: engineering or something, maybe not so much, right? Right. So that kind of links into the – get it, LinkedIn – to the skills endorsements, mm -hmm. right? And they used to be huge, I used to get requests like saying, hey, (laughs) endorse me for the following skills. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you can really do that, but sure, yes. So are those things that employers really look at or people really look at? Not
0: so much, just because it's so easy to endorse someone for skills you don't know if they have. Mm -hmm. So they don't have a lot of credibility.
3: They may search it for very specific things, I think, still. Oh, yeah. So like if you're a SharePoint developer, right. that's something that not any Joe on the block is going to have on their on their LinkedIn profile. I'm adding it now. Right. You should <laughs> add it. But, you know, if it's something like good writing skills or something, gives a shit, right? I mean, yeah. they're going to test you on that if it's through a recruiter
2: anyway yeah well Um, they'll be able to tell by reading your profile too yeah if you're a good writer and you've got spelling mistakes and grammar issues use grammarly people
0: Mm -hmm.
3: grammarly or spell checking in word or gmail has a fantastic spell checker yeah copy the stuff off paste it into gmail fix all the spelling mistakes copy and paste it back into your profile
2: yeah doesn't gmail or don't gmail and grammarly both check for the correct version of the words so if you've got there there and there yes then they actually call you on it. They have like,
3: grammar checkers. Yeah. Yeah. So. So spelling checkers and, and grammar free. checkers. It's Word a, Microsoft you know. Word has a grammar checker also. Grammarly is a Chrome plugin that you can use. It's <laughs> uh-huh. free. It's not going to catch everything, but it'll catch most of it. Right. Have somebody proofread your
0: stuff. Yeah, that's a great idea.
3: Yeah, I need to get my emails for my marketing emails done read in advance. But the problem is, I changed my mind what I'm going to write on like. Wednesday morning at 7 and I'm trying to send it out by 9 Yeah, so I don't have a lot of time to proofread. Right. So I still use Grammarly and stuff so usually there's not spelling mistakes in it but there's always like one word I don't know like I'm trying to use the word like Drowning, and I put the word "downing" by accident or something, right? Yeah, but it's still changes a word, the flavor of the entire so. story. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs>
2: so, so that's content creation and, and stuff like that. What kind of content are you seeing more on LinkedIn right now? Are you seeing a very specific type, or is it kind of all over the board?
0: You know, it's all over the board, but I think the content that gets the most engagement is like short form content. Mm-hmm. Where it used to be, people were writing those long blog articles, right. reposting them to LinkedIn. Some people still do that, but I think the content that gets the most engagement is short. Order, mm-hmm. And probably, you know, a hundred words with one just nugget of information.
2: Oh, right. also like a one to three minute read. Yeah, super if fast. That,
0: yeah, super Videos fast. Videos can be frequent. a little bit
3: longer. I've seen some some longer video content doing well. Yeah, especially like coaching content seems to be pretty popular right now. Yeah, uh, I saw one today where they were talking about a specific instance that happened where there was some drama between people at a company that had 25 or 30 employees, and they were talking about how the train the management's team to resolve this issue between the employees, and it was about a five-minute video. But that kind of content's good. People watch it, they're interested in the topic, and it's easy to share, right? Right. So that's good. So now you've got your profile all fixed up, right, and you're sharing some content. Oh, one more thing about content, actually. And I was just listening to a podcast today, and they were talking about content changes that have happened in some of the algorithms, including LinkedIn. And one of the biggest ones was comments seem to be the largest indicator of if LinkedIn will share something more. Oh, right. So it used to be more likes and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just engagement, like somebody watched it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be comments now. Yeah. And it also seems the length of the comments seem to matter.
0: Oh, interesting. So longer
3: comments that you also reply to are what makes your LinkedIn posts get
0: shown more often. Hmm, good to know. I did yeah. not realize and that. And that
3: was, they did some testing recently, and that seems to be the thing. Also, um, it used to be like just straight text posts got the most engagement. That's uh-huh. no longer the case. Usually it's a post with an image or a post with a video and then lots of comments and replies to those comments. Right. Um, one thing that seems to have been working well lately also is like, hey, I've got this presentation that I made about XYZ topic. Shoot me a comment if you'd like to see more of that. And then they go into talking about it a little bit. Right. And then people say, hey, can I get the whole presentation? You go, yeah, sure. Here's the link and paste it in. And now you've got comments. And then they say, oh, thank you. And now you've got comments back and forth. Yeah. So that helps drive engagement.
0: That's a good strategy.
2: But yeah. Thanks, Neil Patel. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So it's more about engagement and being professional to an extent, right? Right. Showing your personality, but not so much of your personality that you're, you know, kind of pigeonholing yourself into a, a very specific demographic, right? Right. Unless that's what you're going for. Unless that's, you know, some people that's, that's what you do. You yeah. know, you are who you are and you're unapologetically so. And it's okay to do that. Listen to episode, was it 27? Uh, something like that. Um, going all in with your personal brand with Lauren Goche. That, that was, was the a good episode. one. Yeah. I heard that one. that one. That yeah. was good, wasn't it? Yeah. So if it's your brand and it's your, it's who you are, then by all means do it. But if you're trying to go into a corporate world, that's going to be a completely different voice than you know going on being an entrepreneur right so kind of know where you want to go mm-hmm. and maybe tailor it a little bit to where you want to be let's talk about messaging people a little
3: bit mm-hmm. so direct messaging for me as a business owner is basically an endless string of people spamming me with marketing messages but trying to pretend they're not marketing messages. do you need leads yeah. i sell yes. leads
0: yeah i get We a can lot help with you with
3: your seo i'm like you're Did you even look to see that I run an SEO company before you asked me that question? You know, and bots and stuff. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how I suggest using LinkedIn for job seekers or for people that are trying to connect into an organization is not waiting to be found. It's to connect into the organization and then see if you can use that connection opportunity to schedule an informational interview because ultimately you want to get in front of a decision maker or get right. connected with a decision maker so you want to have your profile filled out and optimized and looking great not because you'll maybe be found on linkedin you may you may or may not but Definitely before someone brings you in for an interview or decides to do business with you, they're going to research you a little bit more. And typically what's going to come up is your LinkedIn profile, your social media profiles. Mm -hmm. So that's why you really want to make sure that they look great and say what you want people to know about you. But you don't want to just wait for them to find you. You want to do that outreach more directly. and. Like I said, connecting into organizations, finding an advocate in that organization, and then asking them to connect you with a decision maker or hiring manager. Right,
3: And if their position says like HR recruiting or they're just technical recruiter or whatever that thing is. That's the person to contact. Even if they are not the person who collects the information, they will know who does. Exactly. For sure, they
0: exactly. Will. And if you're a qualified candidate, and they is.
3: want you to contact yeah. them, because exactly. especially, I mean, where we live in Oregon, there's a shortage of workers in most anything above a menial labor job. Yeah. Everybody is, has a shortage. Yeah. Right. right. I think yeah. unemployment in Washington County is like three percent or something.
0: Wow. It's like yeah. really
3: low. Right. And. I remember in Canada, when I lived there, they had said that the percentage of people that they consider unemployable was 4%.
0: Yeah.
3: It means we have 1% of unemployable people working.
0: Right. They got their <laughs> They say together. unemployable, awesome. meaning like,
3: <laughs> you know, they have a medical condition or the, you know, something's wrong to the point that they're, they're unable to perform kind of work that a, a normal kind of functional person would do. I mean, I don't, not counting people who work that have disabilities, which is absolutely, you know, great. It's like if someone can't stand for more than fifteen minutes at a time, then they would be considered to be unemployable for like manufacturing work or something like that. Right. But they may be fine working on computers and that kind mm. of thing. Mm. But anyways, I don't want to get into how they determine if somebody's <laughs> unemployable or not. Right. The important part is Recruiters want to find you because recruiters get paid by finding the best candidate for the position. Right. So, if you're a good candidate for that position, they want you.
0: Exactly. Right? Exactly. And I always advise people to look at the list. There's plenty of lists out there of companies that are hiring right now. Mm-hmm. And when companies are in hiring mode, they are a lot more open to hearing from candidates, even if they don't right. have an open position right this moment. They know they will. They want to have people in their pipeline. Mm -hmm. So they're a lot more receptive than someone who just has one job posted and like dozens of candidates and they don't want to hear from anybody else.
3: Right. Also, I've seen a lot of times people go to look on a company's website for job postings. They don't see them. So they don't consider that company. Right. But we see companies all the time who don't update their website with job posting stuff, they go straight to like Indeed or you know, yeah. they go straight to a recruiting firm, right? Monster.com. Yeah, they can Monster mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And like when I was starting up my business for the first ten years or so, I was a contractor, a tech contractor, right? An IT contractor, and I had one to three jobs a year. So I mean, I'm applying for jobs constantly for right. for a decade, right? So yeah. I, mean, I had twenty. 20, 30 contract jobs.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So I've written a lot of resumes, right? Yeah. I've talked to a lot of recruiters. Uh-huh. And the fact is that getting all of those recruiters on board with you, getting your resume in their hands, making sure they understand what you do, making meeting with them if you can, meeting yeah. with recruiters. And if you're not really in a position that a recruiter is hiring for, which, I mean, nowadays is recruiters hire for just about anything, but... Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have as much of ability to do that, but you want to make sure that you've got, like you were saying, that you've got the information from the job posting is in your resume already. Right. Because most companies now use a filtering system where they take all the resumes, they're electronically sent, so they're automatically scanned. If they don't have the words that they're looking for in the job post or in the resume, they immediately get discarded. They just delete them. They don't tell you, right? Yeah. Yeah. That usually cuts it down from 500 resumes for a position to, you know, 100. Yeah. And then a lot of times they will build in kind of some hoops for you to jump through, right? Mm -hmm. It'll be like, okay, well, you know, we're considering you, so go fill this thing out and then apply, you know, for what time you can come in to interview. And Mm -hmm. anybody who doesn't properly fill out the form, they just immediately throw them in the garbage also, right? Right. And, And until they've drilled down to the amount of candidates that they're willing to interview once and... In the technical world, I found usually you're on a three to five interview kind of step. Right. So the first is like you're just interviewing to make sure you show up, you look presentable, you sound good, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. It's not even really that serious of an interview.
0: Mm-hmm. Then the
3: second interview is usually a technical interview to see if you have the skills that you say you have. And then third plus is do you work well with the team you're going to interview with someone who's actually a decision maker, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so it kind of weeds through the organization a bit. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, some positions, they may just do one and done, you know, depending on the size of the company. But yeah, I don't know if you've seen anything kind of different recently. I mean, I haven't been in the job world for a while now, but.
0: Yeah, I'd say the average is about three, three or four interviews. I mean, some companies will put people through six. Hmm. And some will do right. two or three. So six
2: is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're interviewing, for that's like a, a whole high, job.
0: Yeah. High level <laughs> job,
3: right? then yeah. I could see six interviews. Yeah. If you're gonna be like, you know, like CTO or something, right? Yeah. Right.
0: Well, one thing that's happening now is a lot of group interviews. Right. So the panel interviews where you'll meet with. Five to ten people at a time, which is really daunting. Yeah, it's
2: odd. It's yeah. an odd competitive way to yeah. interview people. It's horrible walking into a room in that situation. We did it a few years ago. And, yeah, you've got a panel of judges, basically, because yeah. right. they're judging you from the second you walk in and that door. You go door. see which one gets voted off the island. Yeah. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
2: that would be an entertaining way to
3: do it, though. So have, like, ten people come in, right, and you have your judges, and you have the buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> Eh, what's that show? America's Got Talent or whatever that oh X the people off.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, there you go. The new interviewing techniques. That would yeah. be a horribly
3: dehumanizing process. It'd be called to do that. You Got
2: a Job. You got and a job. Yeah, that would be horrible. America's Got Jobs. Hooray. <laughs> so LinkedIn is not dead, obviously. It's just no, how LinkedIn's you use now. it, right? needs it all the time. And if you need help, if they need to talk to you, if they if they want to talk to you, Elizabeth, I, I guess people can't see where I'm looking, right? right. How would somebody <laughs> go about getting a hold of you?
0: Oh, they could absolutely connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people who aren't spamming me right. on LinkedIn and when. So that's another thing to know too. LinkedIn's not Facebook, so people aren't evaluating you for a connection request. Based on whether they'll wanna be your friend and hang out with you. If that happens, great. But typically they want to grow their network and you're growing yours at the same time. So it's a win win. Mm-hmm. And you're connecting into organizations more than you are necessarily with like people that you're going right. to have a personal connection with.
2: Awesome. And that's Elizabeth Borelli, right? Yes. B O R E L L I. And that is Next Career Coaching. Do you have a website as well? Yes. Nextcareercoaching.com. And perfect. And your email address is Elizabeth
0: at nextcareercoaching.com. Nice.
2: Perfect. Sounds easy. Sounds easy enough. All right. So if people have questions, they need to contact you and have you uh, have you help them through the process. If I, would I can be form happy sentences, to do that. it would be great. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's what we have. Thank you so much. Thank you for being for here for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah,
0: thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure.
1: This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marco. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we talk to Morgan Rowe from Bach to Rock about updating the art of teaching music.